Superhuman Disciples. A lot of different versions of episodes now coming out. There's journal entries, prayers, just regular thoughts, rants, whatever you want to call them. There's going to be polished episodes too, but this particular kind of episode is going to be Next Level Disciples, which is a class that I do in ministry. It's really to come in and show that there are infinite levels between us and Jesus, and when would we ever stop climbing that ladder and why? And so in this class, we're revving people up and getting disciples moving faster and faster. Sanctification is a speed you kind of borderline get to choose, unless you think you don't have free will. Here we go. Needs. What's going on as we start approaching some cool time, as we get into the Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays? What are some needs? What are some things people need right now? What are some needs that can be filled? Patience with your family. Patience with your family. I bet that's a thing. Anybody second that notion? Yeah? Okay. Get that an interesting thing. Right? We were talking about that yesterday in the, in the difference in the um, body of Christ and like families and friends. So you grow up and you kind of get practice making friends. And then we know because our parents told us that, hey, when you get older, you're going to be able to count your friends on one hand. Right. And then you get practice having family, too. So you grow up in a household and you think this is family. This is what it's about. And then we get into this. and This is the family we choose to be with now. And now we've got some practice in friendship building and some practice in family building. And if you're lucky as I was, by the time I was about uh, 25-ish, I was like, when I get to heaven, can I get a new one? <laughs> like, these aren't the people I have to spend forever with, right? Like, I, like, there's more to come. Like, there's something better to come. And then here y'all are, right? And so now this is the family we choose to come back around, to be around. To iron sharpening iron if there's iron in the room and all these things. And that's what the body of Christ is about. We're strengthening each other. We're polishing each other. We're coming together consciously. We're doing this on purpose. Right? This isn't something that we're forced to do. This isn't something that we have to do. This is a Saturday. We do it every other Saturday. We don't know when we're going to start. We don't know when we're going to finish. This is a choice to be around each other. So it's a great theme about family and tolerating people. This can be a charging station for that. Sunday school can be a charging station for that. Wednesday nights can be a charging station for that. We're not doing the regular old church thing here. We're doing the Jesus thing here. We're creating disciples of the nations. We're not just some building that invite everybody in and don't talk about anything and leave. We were literally wanting to. The question was, what do you need during the holidays? And this is where this conversation went from. We really want to know what are the needs of the people who are coming here that can help you, that can then we can go help others. That's how we make disciples is see that everybody goes through similar stresses, but we have the um, cure to that. Not, not the Xanax for that. We have the cure for that, unless you don't believe that you do. And trust me, in America, a lot of people don't believe that they have that. They don't actually believe it. Does anybody in here believe it? Do we believe it? Do we have the cure? Okay. We have the cure. It isn't the Xanax. That's just something that dulls the whole GPS so that you can take that little thing called pain out. Now, let's think about that thought process. We want to do a thing that kills our GPS in order to get rid of that one feeling that's pain. When in the word, it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Explain it to me. Right? Please rationalize it to me. The same way you rationalize social media to me, the same way we rationalize all this stuff. 
Let it make sense to me that we're a culture of people that kill the GPS so that we don't feel pain when we're supposed to be joyous when we feel pain. Doesn't make any sense. Yes? Could you explain GPS? A GPS. We kill our GPS. Our GPS is our emotions that God created us with. All the range of emotions that we have. We have anger. We have sadness. We have joy. We have excitement. And we're supposed to feel all those things. When you kill that whole GPS to kill pain, you just don't feel anything. But you also don't feel the pain, right? Pain's what we're supposed to feel. Pain is when we're learning and growing. But this is the culture we have in America. This is the culture that we've created around not just church and what's wrong about that, but everything in general, the way we think in general. You know, you know that uh, I'm a super fan of therapists and counselors, right? You know, those are my favorite people in the world. Therapists and counselors. How do we keep them on the hamster wheel for 20 years so they keep on paying my bills for me? That's what they got taught in America to do. And again, I wouldn't say that if I haven't had multiple people come in 20 years of counseling done in five hours. Why? Because this is the cure, not the sit in it, stay on the hamster wheel, stay in the poison with your head above it, just barely surviving. It's no, get out of the poison, get over here, clean yourself off. Oh, are you late? <laughs> She is a mom, a mom, a wife, an awesome human. Yeah, you're loud. <laughs> and there's no late really to hear. We don't know when we start. So that's good. So does that make sense? Like, are you seeing what I mean and what you're out there in right now? And why we're creating disciples in such a hardcore, sharp way in this class, on our, in our Wednesday nights, in our Sunday schools? Do you see the problems that we have that aren't being talked about or even seen? People just kind of live through it. Does that last whole little run make sense to anyone? Anybody want to walk with that a little bit? Talk about that some? Uh, what that problem causes alone? Max, what do you think when you hear that run? So literally, we're in, a, we're in a country where not only is the church lowercase c embarrassing as all get out uh, because they're not preaching the real gospel. OK, so now we don't have the cure and the power being presented. But we do have this thing over here that for, you know, money and a psychiatrist and everything else will dull your whole way that you live and know and see to get rid of pain that we know is a joyous thing to have is pain. Look at that conundrum. What do you feel that causes for your age group and the people that are coming up? Well, I, I think pain's a natural thing, right? It's a feedback mechanism. It's like you're doing something wrong, you some type of negative emotion. And when it comes to positive emotion, it means you're probably doing something to some degree that you should be doing. What I think it does whenever people associate, let's say, pain with negative emotion in a bad light, I think that it limits that entire feedback loop. Yeah. And then your generation watches, listens to podcasts, watches YouTube videos. They, they listen to the, all these worldly speakers who like have all this confidence. And then you go to the Christian world and we've got all these people pretending to be humble in the church. So it looks like weakness to everyone. And so now the people that should be confident, and we're going to go over this in his word in a minute, are acting like they're not. And they think that's wisdom to do it. Yes. Um, I uh, had a mentor in my life who said that we, we have a tendency to walk around the pain, to try and avoid it, and we keep going around it and around it, and what you have to do is walk through it 
with Jesus, and then and then you find the answer. But yeah. you, we avoid it because we don't want to feel the pain. But if you can walk through it with Jesus and with a good mentor, I would recommend. You yeah. know. Yeah. Then then you find the answers. Yes. Um, yes. And to walk through it with Jesus is a broad way of saying what we're going to do today all through Scripture. Yes, sir. To kind of feedback on or to kind of loop on what you were saying, too, is like a lot of I think people in my generation, they go through pain and then they go to these, like, let's say, worldly sources and they get sold a little something. Right? They get sold a therapy. Yeah. They get sold the counseling. They yes. get sold some type of podcast, some type of influencer, yeah. some type of mentor. But really it's, a, we'll call it more of a band-aid rather than a true remedy. Yes. So I think that's kind of what it is. We get put in this constant loop of where pain, try to solve it, but it's all temporary where it's not like, let's call it subjective truth rather than objective truth or objective uh, yeah. resolutions. Yes. I love that. I love the sold and identity. We talked about that the other day when we were on the phone. You got back from your vacation, right? Yeah, sure. Like people have literally been sold an identity. So marketing companies are paid to like sell you identities. I don't know if you know that. And then they're able to take money from you on a regular basis once you take on that identity and live in it. Now, I don't know if you know what the Bible says, but we're supposed to die to self. Like not take on a bunch of identities that the world markets to you and then you don't know who you are and you're confused. So you see a therapist who confuses you more. And next thing you know, you're the mess that we have in our society. Right? Yes, sir. Well, Pastor Greg touched on this in one of the sermons. It's about discontent. So we think, we think we're entitled to everything as, as humans. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to have this. We're supposed to have this. Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say that. But we have a society that thinks that's the way that it is. So when it's not that way, they're going to go try, they're gonna try to find somebody that can help them. That can help. Yes. And so then they get in this, they get in this yes. loop, and then they don't know how to handle things at all. Right. The pain has the a value. Yes. Pain has, a, pain has a value to it. And when you... The, that community that does that is just like almost like modern medicine today. They, they don't want to treat the, the they want to treat the symptoms, right. not the problem. They yeah. keep you on this constant hamster mm-hmm. wheel. You never get off of it mm-hmm. until you find until you find the answers. So yes. that's what pain does. Pain can help. Pain. How do we? Every we discipline our children through what? Pain. Yes. Pain has such a value to it, and, and the whole world trying to trying to teach you how to. I don't want. We, we don't. Oh, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want. I don't want to learn a lesson here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But at least people are seeking. I'll say that. Okay. The soil's fertile everywhere because everybody's miserable in some sort of unique way. Right? We just got a miserable society, right? Everybody's already shaking up. Used to you had to like go hit them in the like in 2019 I didn't like it because I had to like rattle people to get them to listen. Now they're just rattled. And I look and I'm like, what degree of rattled are you? Wow, that's crazy. Maybe we're gonna need eight sessions with you, where usually it's five. You know what I mean? And, and, and we know people like that. But everybody's rattled already. They're going through some form of misery already. Some of them, it's self-inflicted by social media, which is funny, right? I used to say, anybody under 25 and over 50, please just save yourself the extra counseling by getting off of it immediately, right? Can't handle it, can't handle it, right? And there's this little group in the middle that could handle it if they got it right. Like, Max, I trust you on it, right? Like, I trust you on it. And there's some people, but most people shouldn't. Because all of a sudden now, people are your mirror again. And people that don't even care about you are your mirror now. They don't care. You post your things on there and nobody cares. Like, they don't care what you're eating. They don't care where you're sleeping. Like, none of that stuff. 
And so it's literally crazy to me with that too. But all these things have caused that the fields are fertile though. Everybody's ready to have this planted because we have the cure. We have to believe we have the cure. So if you notice what I titled today, it's weapon forging. We're going to forge you into weapons that the enemy's already got the soil for us ready to go and ready to plant in, but we have to use his word to do it. So when I'm talking to someone on a regular basis, I'm like, oh, do you know what the cure for that is? Do you know what the cure for that is? The cure for that is? Uh, do, you, do you know what the cure is? Say it, Jeff. Jesus. That's one. What if we went to like a verse for fun? What if we went into the Bible to find the cure for everything? Where would we find it? Uh, probably uh, Oh, and that too. But Nelladine, however, tell us what it is, and Jeff's gonna gonna be like, I'm, man, why did? I'm probably gonna mess it up. No, you're not. Love the Lord. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Love your why? Why? Why is that all I had to ask in here? And, and y'all knew it. I'm I'm confused. Why did you know that already? You've heard it a million times. You've heard it a million times. I love I love it. Again, the job I always give you is go ask somebody. Like, all I asked you is what's the cure for everything, and you told me the answer. I want you to go to a church and ask them what the great command is and be embarrassed that nobody can say that. And in here, we can just say, hey, what's the cure for everything, and we know it. What's the cure for everything, and we know it, because we repeat it over and over again. If you've got a problem and you think you need this, guess what the cure is? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Okay? What if you don't know enough? of the Bible to help someone. What's the cure to that? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. When you're connected to the vine, you understand this book. It becomes the word of God living and active. When you're not connected to God, you read this and you're like, man, that sounds like a cool fortune cookie. I think I'll pin that one on the refrigerator. Consider it pure joy when I face trials of many kinds. And then you just hear them say this, say this, say this. And then if you ever ask them why, like, why am I supposed to consider it pure joy that I face trials of many kinds? Then they'd be like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It just says it, so I do it. It can't just say it and you do it. You don't understand why the pain's valuable unless you read on. I'll make you mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now I've got something to think about. Okay, so I'm going through pain in order for me to become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now I get it. When I go through pain, I see what I lack. I lack trust in God. Love for God, understanding of God, or if we're one of the regular dummies out there, maybe I need a new counselor, therapist, maybe I need a new pill, maybe I need a new personal development technique, maybe I need to cold plunge, all these other things, right? We know, love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. The more we love God and are connected to God, the more we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's live this life in an awesome way. Examples to others. And so when you weapon forge like we're going to do, I'm going to take you through these different things. Did I leave that? Yep, I left the underlying piece on it. So you're going to see the entire purpose of creation and our lives. You're going to see how to win, prayer for God's power, who we truly are, all these things. And so if you really look at it this way, we're weapons for God in a time that darkness appears to be winning to people. This ought to be able to be served up on a plate for anyone and then be like, wow, I have a power source now. It hasn't been working anywhere else. Duh, the creator of the universe built you with a himself-sized hole in your chest. And everybody just put a bunch of garbage in it instead and wonder why they can't function. Wonder why they're depressed and pretending they're not, upset and pretending they're not, why we have broken relationships and broken everything. is because whatever there, that garbage you put in here instead, does not run the engine. 
And if it does run the engine, you got the wrong engine, so you're dead in your transgressions and sins. You're not a real boy, you're a dead boy. Okay? Time to come alive in Christ, and then the engine doesn't function on that garbage you put in the middle of your chest. Why? Because the entire purpose of creation was this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Woo, that's the whole purpose of the thing, okay? Is are we going to choose God or are we going to choose the world? Are we going to choose God or are we going to choose the world? And this is a choice you have to make daily until you don't, until you hate this world and love God. That's when it tips the scale. Let's call it when you get to 50% of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, 51. The 51 tick ought to make you feel weird in the world and seek God and his righteousness instead. But... Some kids take a little longer. But what I'll say is if you got to 50% of any of those, heart, soul, mind, or strength, things would start to click. Like once you get it with your mind, there's a click, but it tends to become legalistic. Now you think if I just stop doing this or I start doing this, it works. But he said clean the inside of the glass and the outside will be clean. You try to clean the outside, the inside stays dirty. So I know a lot of people that legalistically try to pretend they're making it. And it's like, have you read about the Pharisees in here? Not popular with Jesus. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't like that idea that you just pretended that you were doing it. Because how, isn't it impossible for us to do it on our own? Right? What do we got to do? Because we can't do it on our own, he says. What do we got to do? Surrender to him. Seek him. Connect to him. Right? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like, that's so clear, isn't it? Apart from him, you can do nothing. You know what that means, right? American Christians are doing a lot of nothing. <laughs> Connected to everything else except him. Yes. Oh, you had a face. I thought you, you had a face. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, great. Yes, that is always the thing. But if I was, it probably wouldn't come out. <laughs> right? The idea is this. America's in the state. It's a good thing. I love the more chaos that happens. Not, I love it. I love that we're still looking to a false throne for the answers because we're never going to get it there. And you're going to find it out in these recent elections. You'll find it out when we have our next election. You'll have it for all time ever since social media has been like, it's going to get crazy around these. And people are going to look like, surely this is where I need to see. Y'all know how much I pay attention to that, right? <laughs> like how much you think, what percent, right, right? What percentage of my time do you think I spend watching any of that? Me and Maddie and Jeff figured it out yesterday because Jeff asked me, he said, well, what about when the weather's on and you're watching the weather and then news goes into it? You, you know what my answer was to that? I don't watch the weather. <laughs> I don't, 
person. I don't watch it. So no, I don't even have access to it. I'm the streamingonly.com person. You know what I mean? Like what I watch is what I watch and what I watch it for. So I never get hooked in to the like, uh oh, there it goes. There's that thing they're selling everybody. Okay, I was trained by the best on the planet in something called neuro-linguistic programming. Okay, how they market to you and get you to keep buying and keep you on a hamster wheel. I used to be a part of, which is why I know it. And so instead, I'm like, what if we used that here? Oh, we'd create superhumans. Got it. This is what we'll do for now on. Because that takes you to a low ceiling. This creates superhumans. Okay, because it actually creates alive humans. You were dead in your transgressions and sins before you were made alive in Christ. So do you want to be dead or do you want to be alive? Does Pinocchio want to be wood or a real boy? And you get to decide these things at a certain point. What are you chasing? What are you looking for? Where are you getting cures from? It's right here in his word, this weapon. Felipe's doing something. But I was walking through the hall at the Bible and he goes, careful, you got a weapon in your hand. And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's intelligent stuff. And we're going to go over that too. But this is the weapon for each individual person. And your job, your job is to get right so that you can get other people right. It isn't about you. And you know to say that because it sounds like wisdom in your little life groups. But seriously, it's not about you. It's about you getting right with God and connected to him and then showing other people how to do it. Create disciples of the nations. So the more you love God, the more you love people. But you don't love people right until you love God. So when I have a broken relationship, guess how we fix it? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and this will take care of itself. You cannot achieve the Corinthians kind of love that's going to keep anybody together doing it backwards. I'm just trying to love this person. Wrong answer. No, I'm just trying to love them more. That's the wrong answer. The answer is love God with more of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You'll love other people automatically. It'll just happen that way. But we got too many people trying to fix it with, like, therapy instead. We're trying to fix it with, like, stay on the hamster wheel instead. No, the cure is in here. Love God more, you love people more. I know that. I, I didn't have the, we didn't, did we have the best relationship before? Did you laugh? It was a chuckle. Oh, it was a chuckle. No. Right? When did that thing really start kicking into gear, you think? I mean, not, not timeline-wise, but what was going on when the, when the thing changed? You were seeking God more, and then I'll say, it, when, when I was spurred on by you seeking God more, too. When both of us were. Yes. Yes. Before that, I'm sorry you had to live with me. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. Me, too, she said. And, and, and really, that's the transparency of it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you a thing to do I haven't done myself. I'm not going to teach you road rage still. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But I, that's a reflex I haven't all the way fixed. But this is one that I've fixed. And the way that it got fixed is I love God more. That's why I love her more. That's why I love my kids more. That's why I love y'all more. It wasn't that I just was like, how do I love her more? Because if I'd have done that, that wasn't going to happen. That was not possible through me loving someone with the wrong engine. Okay? The submission changed the way I loved everyone. But man, talk about marriage, talk about raising kids in a time like this. We need a bunch of people coming together the right way, not going to some nobody who's just keeping them in the pain. But that's what happens. No, we want to escape it and put you here, right? John Chandler, you're looking at me and shaking your head because we know we've been there, right? Well, that was the thing I said when we first started meeting, right? I said, look, I feel like your counselor's been keeping you in the poison. I just want to pull you out and put you here. Did that happen? It did. It did? <laughs> 
What was that process like? Painful. <laughs> Painful. I didn't know you were going to say that, but that was perfect. I didn't know you were going to say that. Painful, but how is it now? No, it's, it's like mine was saying, right? It's like pain is a barometer. Yes. And if you can't recognize that for what it's worth, I finally opened my eyes to what it was worth. Yes. So yes. That's what made it worth it. Yes. But to say it wasn't painful is <laughs> Right. Yes. Yes. We have the weapon to demolish strongholds, though, if we use it, right? And then we do it together with each other because we're family. You know, you're family to me. You know, and it's, it's I can't leave family in the poison. I got to be like, no, no, you're, you're like marinating in that stuff. Like, we need to get you out and put you here and clean you off. And it, this is how we do it. This is how we do it right here. Right? Yes. So are you saying if you're still feeling a lot of pain, then somehow you're just not connected to God like you should be? Correct. Because there's one thing to experience pain. There's another thing to bask in it. Mm -hmm. Like depression is basking in the pain, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. That's a word you shouldn't claim. Mm -hmm. Because that's, I mean, in essence, if you really want to hear what it is, it's dumb. It's like, <laughs> I just want to stay here in depression. What? Like, that doesn't make any sense, but the world made it make sense to you. Because they tell you, oh, it's like a chemical imbalance. So here's some chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chemical imbalance. Here's some chemicals, though. <laughs> oh, that didn't work? Let's put some other ones in there. Oh, that didn't work? Let's just keep on doing a chemical imbalance because you had a chemical imbalance um, problem. That's weird. Like, that's just weird in itself, right? And then you watch what it causes. And it's like, no, here's the deal. This is the cure. Are there probably some people out there that need it? Sure. But that's a very small percentage besides the people that are doing it. Right? They're trying to get kids on meds early because they got ADHD or ADD. Me too. It's been a superpower for me that I can't pay attention to boring things. What can I tell you? I don't pay attention to boring things. Right? You start talking to me about voting and stuff and you watch my eyes glaze over. Okay? I'm bored with the stuff you can't affect. Right? Like it's like I get bored with that stuff quick. And so again, I love it that I, that I can't pay attention to that. But they're like trying to make kids pay attention to boring things. Like, here's a pill so you'll just pay attention to boring things. What? That sounds like a terrible idea, right? Let's not do that. You know, let's not do that. But again, that's a perception thing. I just switched your perception of reality. That's what Jesus does. Jesus comes and changes our whole perception of reality for us so that we get to live in a new world. Maybe like a kingdom. I don't know. He talks a lot about a kingdom. A kingdom we can't see, touch, taste, and feel. Right. But this thing that we can is what we pay attention to more till we don't until we don't. And that's why we go back to his word and look at that. And I love that little run because we all know we are saved by grace through faith so that no man can boast of anything he's done. But it goes on to say now we got stuff to do like literally in 10 we're his masterpiece predestined to do good works that just glorify him anyway. Right. They just glorify him anyway. And so we're doing two things at once. How to win is six, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20 is how we're going to win it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me read this another way. For our struggle is not against the Democrats. Okay? Not flesh and blood. Okay? Now, is there some of those over there? Yeah. 
Okay, there's some of that over there. There's some of that in the Republican Party, and there's some of that everywhere because they're humans. We're looking at humans for the solution. That's dumb. Only if we believe what God says. I am me, and people are people because I don't think God lies to me. And a lot of people do. There might be people in here that think God lies to you. And that's why you're not confident and strong. Because it, this starts with, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, if you believe in God and believe in his mighty power, that should have been over. We don't have to read the rest, right? We trust in God and his mighty power, but we're a nation that doesn't. So we have to keep reading. We will. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is a man without fear asking you to pray for him to be able to preach this fearlessly. Why? Because it's a time where when you do, people don't like it. They don't like you when you preach the gospel, right? They don't like you. And we like likes, don't we? Here it is. We love it. How many likes can I get when I post this meal I'm eating? Da, 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 da. If you were the enemy and you knew the word, wouldn't you just know exactly what to do to confuse everyone? It's like if I could just get them to want to be liked all the time, they won't even follow Jesus. I just need them to get a like button, a love button, a bunch of comments. Oh, that is embarrassingly easy for the enemy to win this. Like that is embarrassingly easy for the enemy to win this. By the way, this is my phone. Do you know what's right about here on my phone for fun? You know what probably is right here? It's a symbol. What is that symbol you think? Is it an apple? Oh, that's a good, I like it. Is it an apple? Is it an apple with a bite taken out of it? I want to know because I got an apple phone. Isn't it an apple with a bite taken out of it? Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird? I mean, it's the first trillion dollar company. I got knowledge in my pocket, access to everything that I want on an apple with a bite. We're stupid. I don't want us to be stupid anymore. That's the reason we do this every other Saturday. We are dumb. Okay? We get tricked by not a trick. Right? It's like, no, this is where we go. We, we, the beautiful thing is, and, and this will be weird and not weird to think of, I kind of think I just I need the helmet and the sword only. And I'm ready for battle. Two things. I want the helmet and the sword, and I'm good. You put it all on, and we're pretty invincible with God, though. Not invincible as people, but invincible with God, and we put it all on. Because if you look at it and you really study it, the sandals, okay, the feet fitted with the gospel of peace means you've got the cleats on because Roman soldiers had cleats on. So there you, there you are dug into the ground with the gospel of peace, feet fitted with the gospel of peace. What is the gospel? Anybody know? Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection. Yes. Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection covers beginning of end of time. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and now we're living it out. Yes? I just, I never noticed the, having the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I think it's interesting. It's like, I think of peace as like to sit still in it, but it's like, no, you're given the gospel of peace to be ready for action. Yes. It's cool. Yes, it is. 
be ready for action. Gospel of peace. So would you say if you're not a peaceful person, you don't believe in Jesus? Or you're just not there in your sanctification journey yet. Right. You didn't understand that the feet are ready with the gospel of peace. But also because Miss America told you she wanted world peace. <laughs> right? And that's confusing because she doesn't have access to the power to be able to give you world peace. But every freaking year, here she is, pageant girl. Pageant girls are kind of miserable. And they, they, they get worse as they age. You know what I mean? Like, this is a scary time to be a woman. Y'all's expectations that you have put on you are unrealistic. Let me just be the first to say it. When I used to be in the world, my managers, the strongest one, were women. But they had these ridiculous expectations put on them, so they became ridiculous creatures who couldn't even see statistically that they were winning. Like, if I went to them, it was like, no, no, your store's number one in the district. Yeah, but... Uh. It was like, no, 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 no. Statistically, by the factual information, you're winning. And they're like, but I feel like I'm losing. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> Women love to be depressed. When you get over that, you're a superhuman on this planet. Women, right? Women like to do that. And it's like an ancient pastime. And it's like, no, get out of that. Get out of that. God says to get out of that. <laughs> okay? And then men, we have to support them in that. Right? And say, oh, don't have those unrealistic expectations on you. All that stuff. I tell my wife, if you mess up my favorite face going and taking a picture of that duck in like I'm gonna be upset do not do this this is what women do for women I don't want you doing that I love your face I don't care if your face ages I don't care what it looks like don't do this don't do this at all because it isn't about that in our time it's about what's in here it's not about that it's about what's in here and so when this builds up the strength in women and builds up the strength in men we'll all get along better but we got to build the confidence in each other Right. Got to love. Like, again, men have expectations of women that the Bible says. But then the Bible says when you love your wife like Jesus loves the church, you can have those expectations. Now, when is that going to be? That's what I want to know. When is that going to be? When are we going to love our wife the way Jesus loves the church? That's going to be some work. That's almost the same work as love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. When's that going to happen? Probably never. But you're going to work your whole life towards it. And if you're working your whole life towards loving God and loving your wife in the right way, how's that relationship about to love? Right? But in the world, there's none of those teachings. All it is is let's swipe right 27 times today. Right? Surely that's good. When I was in New York, I couldn't count the number of times I was watching people on a date also swiping right while on the date. What's going to be next after this? And that's what we have caused. No. What we do if we come in here is I love the Lord my God with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. And I love my neighbor like myself. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love everyone differently. And so if we only pointed to that in the body of Christ over and over again to love God, we'll love each other more. We'll inspire each other more. We'll empower each other more. And then we can go to the armor and individually look at it. Do you know what the helmet's for? Who knows what the helmet's specifically for? What does it guard? The mind. Huh? Your mind. And how does it specifically guide your mind? Because it's called the helmet of salvation. Because if you have salvation, nothing can harm you? Correct. If I know I'm going to heaven for eternity to be with God, I don't really care what happens here. I don't. How could I? I don't care what happens here. I have the helmet of salvation on. Like, I'm guarded. That's why you heard me say at the beginning of this, if I got the helmet on and the sword, I'm kind of ready to go. 
right? I feel like truth's built in. The righteousness I know is Jesus. The sandals I know is Jesus. I got to remember this helmet and this sword, okay? Because I'm in the battle for me, but I'm in the battle for others with the word, okay? So when we understand the helmet of salvation and what it means is, is you ought to be invincible like Paul was invincible. If you killed Paul, how did he feel about that? Why is he good? He's going to be with Jesus, right? What if you imprisoned Paul? What would happen? What would he do? Sing <laughs> He'd sing and dance and get flogged and change the whole prison around to be Christians, right? Follow Christ. Follow Jesus. Right? Make them disciples. Write some books of the Bible. What if you tortured Paul? You know, you jump for joy, wouldn't he? Jump for joy. And so there we go, right? Like there was nothing you could do to him that didn't mean, like he had the helmet of salvation, like sewed on. <laughs> you know, there was no worries, nothing you could do to him, right? So then you go to the, let's do the, the breastplate of righteousness, because this is an interesting one. And it also ties to Matthew when we're talking about the Beatitudes in a way. Whose righteousness do you want to be etched on this breastplate? Yours? Your name or whose? Jesus. Man, Jesus is showing up in the breastplate now? <laughs> I thought he was just in the sandals. Oh, he's in the, he's in the breastplate too? Man, we're starting to get strong now. We're starting to get strong if we understand that. The truth. What's the truth? Who's that? I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except to me. Is that? That's Jesus again. That's wild. He keeps showing up, right? He keeps showing up, right? It's all about him. That's why I read you Ephesians first. This is all about him. He, he was in the beginning. He'll be in the end. He's coming back. Like all this stuff is about Jesus. And when I am coming into battle with the breastplate of righteousness that's Jesus, my heart's guarded now. So my heart doesn't get distracted and do dumb things with my life. Like it, I know what I want to do with my life. I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness because he says I'll be filled. But you can't lie to God. You can lie to me or try to. Let's do a one on one. You'll see how that goes. But, but literally, you can try to lie to me, you can't lie to God. So when you're lying to people to appear a certain way, you're a detriment to yourself because you're not being honest with yourself or God. But when you earnestly seek God, what does he do? Rewards you. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So when he knows you're earnestly seeking him, all of a sudden these things are making sense. I've got the, I've got the truth belt. And, and, and if you know about a Roman soldier, the truth belt held everything together. Where do you find truth nowadays? <laughs> you gave me the greatest. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the only place you can find it is in this word right here. And people have been using this as a coffee table ornament for years. Right? They got it right there. So when people come over, it's like, look, here's my morning devotional time. Okay? I always have my coffee, but like every third day I have my devotional time. <laughs> right? Like... This, we got to go to with a hunger for what's in it. We got to like, just let it be what it is inside and, and, and take care of everything that we thought the world could. And we know it can't. And so if you look now, we, we've got the shield because now that there's the flaming arrows of the enemy and he's just trying to hit you. Right. And you just boop, boop, boop. My favorite movie, one of them, the 300, you know, the, our arrows will blot out the sun. And he's like, then we'll fight in the shade. Woo. Woo. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we get to say for real because we're connected to the creator of the universe. So we get to literally just say, we'll fight in the shade. Y'all good? Everybody good? Hey, put your shield up. Put your shield up. And we get to do it together. 
Because if you're going to love God, you got to get to know God. And there's only a few ways to get to know God. Prayer, his word, and each other, what we're doing right here. Where the enemy's not even allowed in here. He can't come in. And if he came in with one of you, he's still not allowed to be here. He knows where we're at. The light's too big for him to survive in this room. And if that is the way your house is, and that's the way you're out in public, like that's, we're going to get to it. It's biblical. Let your light shine. Don't hide it under a bowl. And then people are hiding their light under a bowl and claiming it to be wisdom in the Christian communities. I, I, I didn't do it. God did it. <laughs> like what? You are a masterpiece built before time to do good works that glorify your father in heaven. Don't you give me that false humility thing. Okay, we'll call it a thing that makes you like crawl on the ground instead of stand up tall and be a confident child of God instead in the times that we're worried about what? What? No, we're in this. We've got the, we've got the shield. We've got the shield together. Because you remember the Spartans won because they put all their shields together. So they couldn't be penetrated. Together we cannot. We've got to stay together though. But the enemy wants to come in and get you into what I like to call the pettiness pandemic. He hurt my feelings. Good. Good. You should have had your feelings hurt. And if you come a couple times, you'll like it again. I tell people when we meet one-on-one, -on -one, very few people come twice. But if you come five times, your whole life will be different. 100%. I, I'm 110%. Do you know why I'm 110%? Because I use the thousand percent thing. Okay? Not any trick of the trade. No personal development garbage. Nothing. We go through the word and we fix it. Because he's the cure. For no other reason than to me to get my stuff together so that I can be a light for other people. This isn't about me getting my stuff together so I can sit at home and go, oh, gosh, yes. Oh, thank you. I'm just so glad that I'm here on my recliner watching the news right now <laughs> instead of out there helping people. The weather. Huh? The weather. Yeah, the weather. Hopefully the news doesn't come on after. I'm just trying to see if I'm going to die in a tornado right now. Never has happened, but I, I want to see if I am today. And if I do, I'll be with Jesus, so I don't need to watch. So we, we don't need psychotropics to help us get to that place? You don't. <laughs> You've been, all this time, you didn't know it? Yeah, you can cut those now, man. They, they won't even have a side effect when you cut them, right, Max? The, the, the tropics, the, the nootropics just go, right? You just drink a bunch of water and they're gone, right? I love it. And so, again, we have something we didn't know we had in our houses, maybe in our cars, Maybe the only thing that it's worth to have one of these for now, right, is that app, the Bible app. But we don't or didn't use it this way. But now we need to because everybody's freaking out. And you might be one that's freaking out. I'm sorry. Uh, five sessions, I said. That's it. Five. Five. You're not freaking out anymore. Do you know why I charge zero dollars and zero cents for the sessions I do? Somebody knows the answer to that because I've told you. Why do I charge no money for sessions? Yes, that I expect results, and then that's going to be the byproduct of it. He told me to make disciples of the nations. I'm going to charge money for that? <clears throat> kind of weird. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. I'm going to sit with you as long as it takes. That's what we're going to do. Okay? What's the longest anybody sat with me in a one-on-one -on -one session? Oh, jeez. Huh? Yeah, four and a half hours. Five. Five hours, okay. It's like an auction. Anybody else? Anybody <laughs> it's like an auction. But, and, and this is what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that to boast. That is not the point. The point is, as body of Christ, this is our mission together. Why we haven't been doing this all along, I don't know. Why it sounds like something weird, I don't know. 
That's what we should do for each other. We should get there where we need to be and then pull people up. Yes, sir. Does it feel like five hours or does it feel like four and a half hours? No. No. That's, that's, that's right. No. And it's because I love you. I remember what it was like before I had these lenses on. I just want everybody to fit them on and then I'll help you sew them on and then you'll never take them off. And then it's all you'll look for anymore. It's all I'll look for. I, I want to do his work with every breath in my lungs. That's an earnest thing. Granted, here we go. And, and I want y'all then to be able to do it. That's why. Is if you're equipped to take that and then be cured, now you have a way to cure others. And now there's a lot of us. It's multiplication. It's not addition. That's the motive. So here we are. Now the motive is to get you there. And then you're going to get other people there. And it almost sounds like that's what Jesus told us to do. You know what he didn't tell us to do? This is what he didn't say. It isn't in any translation you go to. He didn't say fill up really big buildings with as many lukewarm, fake Christians as you can. Do a fireworks show worship program for them. And then let somebody come out and not say anything to them. But they'll still eat it up and come back and give money to that place. That's not what he said to do. He said, make disciples of the nations. He said, get together. If you need to, listen to your worship music on the way here and then come in here and learn about God. Listen to whatever you want in your car and then come in and let's learn about God because that's more important. Where's that at? That doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't turn the lights on in big places. It doesn't. Because narrow is the path if you find it. So in the big places, they choked out the narrow path people with the wide is the gate people. That's what happened. So what do I think about corporate worship? I'll tell you, you can't corporate worship with dead people. Let that one resonate. Dead in your transgressions and sins before you were made alive in Christ. It's hard to corporate worship with dead people. It's tough. It's a hard time, right? But if we formed ourselves into disciples, like Jesus said, by studying his word, and we did a body of Christ thing, we can jam out whatever you want here. I don't care. We'll jam it out. We'll do like, a, we'll have a little jukebox. And you'll pick what it is you want to hear. And then somebody else will pick and pick and pick. And some people like organ music, right? Some people like old hymns and some people like new stuff. And we'll just put a jukebox here and you can put your dollar in and do that, right? But what we really got to do is make disciples of the nations like Jesus said right now. While the soil is fertile. That's the most important thing. Taking warriors for God. People out here training and go out here in the spiritual war that we're in. That I, Unless I don't believe God's true. Is, is it against flesh and blood? Did it, it said it was or it said it wasn't? I, it wasn't? Okay. It's, it's spiritual war we're in. So when you're in physical pain and like pain from depression, I know what it is is you're losing the spiritual war because you're not even playing in it. You're playing in the physical war that you can't get the cure for that's in here playing in that game. So then it's a percentage. How long do you live in the kingdom? How long do you live in the world? I'll tell you something. We, we all live in two places at once, really. Some of us to a higher degree than another. I like to live in the kingdom more than I like to live in the world. I, I run on those things. And when that's my reality, I'm able to do things that normal people can't do. That's a superhuman thing. But not a superhuman by anything that is in the humanness, but in what's alive in me now that was dead before. And now I understand his word when I read it. And I try to help other people understand the word when they read it. Instead of hold it to myself, stand on a pedestal and tell everybody I'm the one that knows it. No, no, no. I want you to know it so that you can go tell other people about it. And that's what a lot of people in here are starting to do. You're starting to talk to people out there about it and then here they come and talk to them about it and here they come. 
And that's what we want. We want this tight-knit group that can say anything to each other. I'm going to offend you on a regular basis. <laughs> I am. I'm going to offend you on a regular basis. Because Paul says, pray that I'll speak it fearlessly as I should. I'm going to speak it fearlessly as I should. And you can pray for me about it. I'm going to pray about it. But I'm never going to get up here and not give it to you and offend someone. And if I do, then I'm doing the wrong thing and I need to go back to training. Okay? But the training is we need to speak this truth to people in a way that they can hear it in these times so that we can go to war together. So, okay, we're going to do one more thing before. So, no, we're going to talk about this. I want to talk about this one. The helmet of salvation. The helmet protected the head, always a major target in battle. Paul is speaking to those who are already saved and is therefore not speaking here about attaining salvation. Rather, Satan seeks to destroy a believer's assurance of salvation with his weapons of doubt and discouragement. Who in here has a problem with doubt and discouragement? Anyone? Who needs some help with that? Anybody need some help with doubt and discouragement? I really think that everybody has some of that. Okay. So we all need help. Yes. Yes. Cannot stay there. You can see it, you can feel it, but then now there's scripture for it. What's the scripture to cure doubt? Huh? Put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God, right? Again, the, the helmet, right? And now we know we're saved, and that's literally what this is about, is if you know you're saved, then you're starting to cure the doubt, the discouragement. Because what are you discouraged about and what are you doubting a lot of times is yourself, right? And you're discouraged in what's going on around you. And if you don't doubt yourself and you're not discouraged on what's going around you because you already read that it was going to be this way, we know how to be in these times. Yes, Max? Well, what do you say is the opposite of doubt and discouragement? Confidence. Extraordinary, so crazy confidence. Did you say confidence comes from faith? I will say confidence comes straight from faith, from God, from love of God, from knowing God, from having our identity in that and nothing else. Yes. Did you say faith is the combat to yes. discouragement? Yes. Absolutely. And then I think hope, faith, love, the greatest of these is love. So the graduation from faith to love is getting to know God and love God. So I have faith in God, but I also know him and love him now, right? So now you're seeing that graduation. There was a hope, there's a faith, there's a love now. And when I love someone, I don't doubt they exist. Like, I don't doubt my wife exists. <laughs> I love her, and she's sitting right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where two are gathered, I am there. We got a few more than two here today, right? We're big. We're big. We're warriors in here to a different degree and a different level. And, and that's where we compete with each other to, to grow and go get in the war together. But this is what the nation also created. We're in a war going at the enemy, right? The enemy comes over the mountainside and stops and is like, oh, they're fighting each other. We don't have to do anything to them. A brother falls off a horse and we laugh at him and make fun of him instead of pick him back up on his horse because we're riding towards a different enemy. Because we get caught up in the physical world fight instead. And so the enemy just looks and is like, oh, they're, never mind. They're killing each other over here. Because Satan tore apart the truth, sowed the lie into it, and we're in the church supporting that model. 
instead of not. Yes. Um, a scripture to combat doubt and discouragement. Yes. Um, Colossians 1, 21. Once you were alienated and hostile, your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all the creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Yes, right. That's a cure to it. Go to James 1 and read me a, like 2 through 8. Someone. James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask. Because God gives it to everybody. Yes. But once you get the wisdom, you can't doubt it. Yep. Because if you doubt it, you become like a wave on the ocean. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that person should expect nothing from God. Kara, why do you have that one memorized? Why do I memorize? Why do you have that memorized? Because <laughs> I've read it over and over and over and over, and you have told me over and over and over. It's the reiteration of things. Like we, we are people that are getting things reiterated to us on a regular basis, fed to you by marketing and by other things. Like that's, we have to get ourselves grounded in this, praying at all times in the spirit, being grounded in love and truth and all those things. Like then you know it. And when you're in real time, you're able to be self-aware enough to do it. In our time also, self-awareness leads to pride instead. You go inside and you find a problem and you put a pride thing on it instead of fixing it. That's a detriment to yourself, not even other people. You go find a dilemma and you pretend it isn't there. Whoa, that, that, not a good idea. You want to go in there and like then fix it. So if you doubt, like you shouldn't doubt because that means you don't believe. So now I need to work on my belief. How do I work on my belief? What do I do? What do I do? It's secure. So that means I got to go get to know God. How do I do that? Prayer. Read with the right lenses, okay? The word is different than the book. The word can be the book, but not always the book. Why is that true or not true? Somebody new. Somebody that's not around all the time. What's the difference between the book and the word? Does that confuse you? Do you think it's the same? What's the difference in the book and the word? Inspired by God when written by man. Better be inspired by God when read by man, or you're probably not seeing it. If you earnestly seek him, you'll understand his word. If you don't, it'll just be a book. Why does he speak in parables? My sheep hear my voice and won't follow strangers. Unless you play him a nice tune. Eee. Oh, sorry. It doesn't say that in there. It doesn't say that. <laughs> sorry, I added that to it. Take it out of there. But really, my sheep hear my voice and won't follow strangers. But some people won't hear. They're deaf. They're blinded. Their hearts are calloused. So when they read this book, they get the knowledge, but they don't get the wisdom. Knowledge is not wisdom. Knowledge isn't power. The application of knowledge is lowercase p power. Holy Spirit lenses is capital W power wisdom. Capital P power, capital W wisdom. Okay. Comes from when the Holy Spirit tells you what this means. You're connected to the source now. The Holy Spirit's testifying about Jesus. Jesus is the word. And now we understand. Right. But not until. So there's people that read this book and can spit verses to you, but they spit it out of this hollow shell. I don't like I don't like it. When somebody's like, I've read the Bible through six times. I'm like, why'd you say it like that? <laughs> You'd have been like, I've read the Bible six times through. And now I'm not stressed anymore. I can put my love prescription in the trash. 
Right? That's what it would be. It would be that you just beam with this light that you didn't hide because you know how to read. And now that light you want to spill onto other people because you're a spring of living water. And now we're just around each other like, whoa, let's bring somebody else in. Hey, hey, you, you, you okay? Come over here. Come over here. We do that in public too. Like, hey, you good? You good? Everything okay? You know, that's one of the things I'm proud of Alexi for. She listens to that voice now. She walked by somebody yesterday, just felt like they were going through something. She was busy, wanted to keep going. Instead, you went back and asked her what was wrong, yeah? How did that go? Really good? Just randomly walking on the street, you felt the energy off of someone, that, and, and yes, that's what we should do. If we embodied it and were a spring of living water, we would. But we're so focused on looking at the ground upset about our own lives these days. The enemy tricked us into that. And if you're looking at the ground all the time, you can't see up to the beautiful world that's around you that he created and a kingdom that's even more powerful than that that we live in at all times or we don't. And through his word, I can see that. When I look at just the helmet of salvation, when I look at the shield of faith, refers to the large shield that protected the entire body. The faith to which Paul refers is not the body of Christian doctrine, but the body of believers. And continual trust in God's word and promise is in addition to all necessary to protect him from the temptations to every sort of sin. All sin comes when the victim falls to Satan's lies and promises of pleasure rejecting the better choice of obedience and blessing. Again, hedonism is the other way. If you're in pain, you've got two ways really the world will say you can cure it. One is the word, prayer, and each other. And the other way is hedonism. Hedonism means surely pleasure will cure my pain. Uh, you know how often that works? <laughs> never. Never. It really never works. And even if it does for that millisecond that it does, it doesn't last. So now you got to keep on doing that thing. Maybe pleasure will do it this time. Maybe pleasure will do it this time. Maybe pleasure will do it this time. And it never does. I know. I saw something. I mean, Tom Brady told everybody. Hundreds of millions of dollars, three Super Bowls, married to a supermodel, just like the American dream, you know. And he said, I hope this isn't all there is. He attained what most people are going for and said, I hope that isn't all there is. We're people who claim to know what that is that he's talking about, but are still walking around the same way he is. That doesn't make sense, except he said it would make sense. Narrow is the path and few find it. So if we're on the narrow path, what's our only job to do? That's it. That's all you'd care about doing. But as long as you're still worried about you, you can't worry about others the right way. And that has to do with relationships and that has every relationship, friends, family, kids, anything. If you, have, if you have a bad relationship with your friends, I know the cure. If you have a bad relationship with your family, we have the cure and we can go on. Like with this is it. You become steady and strong and solid and want everybody around you the same. And then they go out and do it too. And now we have this right here, the family we chose to come every other Saturday and do this together. Right? It's awesome to watch people grow in this. We've got 16-year-olds over here that are growing in it, and then we've got the top of the scale somewhere over here. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in this area over here. Somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> what, what? Frank? No, I don't think Frank's it. Frank, are you, are you the? No, I don't think you're the oldest one in here, Frank. T tell us your age. I know you're. You, you got it. Tell us. Anyone. Oh, 81. Yeah. Oh. Well, you, man, you aged well too. No, you must have. Okay, you must have been in this a time or two in your life. But he hits a golf ball from 
and he does the, <laughs> and he drives you up. And <laughs> but that's what I mean is together, like 16 to 81, and, and we'll own it, right? We don't mind. Uh, but it's just, that's what this is, is, is personal development tries to grab every age group and they can't. They've got people that can grab a certain age group, right? And, and they take them to these really low ceilings in the world that they just get upset and they go to other places. Together, 16 to 81, we have the cure, we have the power, we have the love, we have the sound mind, the engine we're supposed to run on. And when we do, people just want to come get some of that. And that's what we're doing. We're creating disciples of the nations. We're creating, honestly, superhuman disciples of the nations. Now, people get a little bit like when they hear that, and it's like, well, here's what I say to that. Who is the only superhuman to ever walk the planet? Jesus. Really? So if we're a disciple of his, superhuman disciples, all we can be. We're a disciple of Jesus. By definition, we're a superhuman disciple. But in our day, they're like, oh, no, we only call superhumans those guys that dress in funny capes, tights and stuff. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the stuff. No, no. Jesus is the only real superhuman ever. God in the flesh, we follow him. We're superhuman disciples. We just got to tell our face. Right? We just got a tough face. We're excited. We walk in a victory, not in a defeat. But we don't always look like that until we do. Right? Until we do. And then all we want to do is preach the gospel fearlessly. He says fearlessly twice here, if you look at it. He said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should, twice. Two times, he says it. Why? Because you get in a group of people, and let's say that y'all weren't Christians, right? Let's say y'all weren't, and I'm up here with a bunch of atheists. Do you think I'd talk any different? I'd talk a little different. I'd be more crazy. You know what I mean? I'd be more nuts. I'd be more nuts, you know? I'd be crazier, because I'm like, y'all tell me how you think when you die, you're manure for eternity until the planet explodes, and then you're fragments of nothingness for eternity, and like live through a day. I want to know that. Like what kind of meds are you on? <laughs> I need to give that to somebody else. Like how are they living through this time? Right? Because they don't have one of us going up to them and being like, hey, hey, hey. I know at night like you think about killing yourself. I know you're like miserable and depressed and everything else. What if you just gave it a shot? Like what if you just tried it? You've tried everything else. Why don't we just try something else? And did it like that instead. They would come. I know I know. Got two of them right over there. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. One of them. Uh, you really never claimed to be an atheist, but you did come here for bad motives. <laughs> right? Right? But the other guy was an atheist a month ago. You know what I mean? A month ago. And it was like, what? That's crazy, man. What, what, what do you mean? What are you doing? And then here he sits, right? That's what we all have the ability to do. But we got to love them and not give them the hard stiff arm that YouTube tells you is the funner way to do it. Like all these like Christians beating up atheists all the time. It's like, what? And really, unfortunately, it's actually the atheists beating up the Christians most of the time. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how you're losing that battle, but that's a scary day. And so what we're doing is getting together. And like I said, today's weapon forging. Everybody in here is potentially a weapon against the evil one as we're armored up in a spring of living water for other people. So in the second half, we're going to talk about how we do that. I'm going to pray us out for the break, and then we'll be right back to finish up.
Father, we come to you in extreme thanksgiving, especially when we're in pain. There's something about pain that drives us to you. There's something about pain that drives us to each other. And everybody's going through pain to a certain degree. Everybody doubts to a certain degree. Everybody lacks confidence to a certain degree. But when we have people that are growing and being more closely related to Jesus, looking, being sanctified closer into his image, as our confidence comes from the Lord and not from the world, which confidence can't come from, we start to be formed into something that is a weapon against the enemy in our time. And we want to do that together because that's how you designed it, that the body of Christ would be tight-knit like an army with banners. And that we are a crazy, amazing army, and it doesn't look like it in the world all the time. But when we get together, it's a scary, awesome thing. Continue to let us come to you in the way that we do when we're in pain so that we can be healed in the right way. And that's getting to know you and getting to love you and burning with that light that is you and us and not some dull light in the world. It's in Jesus' amazing name I pray. Amen. Thank you.